Welcome to the podcast of Crew in Southeast Ohio. I'm your host, Chad Hilmer, and I'm grateful that you've tuned in this week. Crew is a caring community passionate about connecting people to Jesus Christ. And today we're in the fourth and final week of doing something a little bit different on the podcast. We've been sprinkling in amongst our other stories four different sessions uh, that came from a conference, a one-day conference we did last month in Logan, Ohio. So it was our one-day fall conference, and many students from the campuses of Southeast Ohio joined us for a day of worship and teaching and great community and a lot of fun. But on that afternoon at that conference, students were given the opportunity to attend two of four different seminars that took place. And so over four weeks, what we've been doing is featuring the presenters of those seminars to talk more about their topic and to present their content to our listeners. And I'm excited today to have on the podcast with us, Casey Hoffman. Casey, welcome. Hi. Glad to have you with us. Uh, Casey is a good friend. And so, but uh, even though I know her well, I'm going to make her share a little bit about her life so that you can get to know her also. Uh, Casey, where did you grow up? Where was home? Archibald, Ohio, a small farming community up in Northwest Ohio. That's great. Archibald, Ohio. And so I'm glad you I'm glad you told people where that was at because I didn't know where it was at uh, until I knew you. So um, so Archibald, Ohio, and then um, went to Ohio University as a student. What did you study? Mm-hmm. Um, family studies. Okay. And that, that works out well because you happen to have a family, right? Tell us a little bit about your family. Yes. Yes. We have, Jason and I um, have four kids. Um, Maddie, who's nine, Caleb, who's seven, Gabby, who's five, and Julia, who's two and a half. You got it. You I got did it. it. <laughs> That's great. I thought it was brave to go not just for names, but for ages. And so that's impressive. So, and uh, none of us will know if you are wrong. So that's fine. So you, you. <laughs> that's great. And, um, and so you studied family studies at OU and then um, graduated from OU. And then uh, how'd you end up on staff with crew? Tell us about uh, that. Yeah, I never thought I would be on staff. I actually went on a summer mission. And while there loved um, sharing my faith with people and um, loved being in Bible studies and just learning about the Lord and being able to share him with those around me. So a uh, staff person actually challenged me to consider staff and I thought she was crazy. And so <laughs> kind of put that on the back burner and was like, well, maybe, but I think that challenge really kind of sank in deep and thought, why would I not want to do something that I love and enjoy and think is important? So here I am. That's great. And so so you graduated from OU. Uh, I won't tell the, the, our listeners what year that was, but then you, um, but then you interned with Crew for one year, right? And mm-hmm. then you and Jason joined staff together. And how long have you been on staff now? Um, with my internship, fifteen years. Fifteen years. So, so little known fact uh, on our team: Casey is a is um, the veteran, um, senior most. Uh, in her number of years on staff and senior most, um, well, in other ways too. So Casey just celebrated a birthday and we just had, we just had dinner together to celebrate her birthday, but we won't talk about that either. So I know, um, but now I kind of want to, because I want to make sure people aren't thinking I'm older than what I am. She's very young. She's, she, (laughs) she's very young. (laughs) I'm not quite 40. So I'm under 40. She's still in her thirties and will be for a very, very long time. So. (laughs) 
Um, well, awesome. Well, Casey, thanks for being on the podcast with us today. Uh, you were talking with us about the topic that your, conf- your, your conference seminar was on, uh, the topic of mental health. So why is mental health a relevant conversation for us to be talking about, especially among college students? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is, especially nowadays. Um, I just statistics are shocking, um, especially around certain age ages where it seems like mental health first presents itself. Um, so I'm going to throw out some statistics and um, kind of give everyone an idea of why this is re- a relevant conversation. So 50 percent of all chronic mental illnesses begins by age 14. And then that can actually increase to 75% by age 24. And I think oftentimes mental illness can be misunderstood by those with it. And also for those who are witnessing it in other people, Mm -hmm. Um, it can just, unusual behaviors can be confusing. And I think assumptions can just be made um, about the behaviors that they'll just go away with time. Mm -hmm. Yet what it seems to be is that with mental illness, symptoms can actually worsen without treatment. And so a lot of these, um, all of the statistics I'm throwing out are from um, the National Alliance for Mental Illness website. Okay. So um, also suicide rates have increased 31% in ages 20 to 28 Mm -hmm. since 2001, which feels like a pretty significant jump. Um, And also suicide is now the second leading cause of death among 10 to 34 year olds. So I think it's even important for college students to kind of pay attention to some of these statistics um, because they are in both of these age ranges where, you know, with the statistics that I I just threw out. So, right. So incredibly relevant for college students. And, um, and I want to say too, that I think there was probably a time even among college students where mental illness, mental illness had more of a stigma attached to it. But now I think it's so um, students seem to talk about it often. They, uh, they talk with one another about it, it seems, which doesn't mean that there isn't still a stigma, isn't still some uh, maybe guilt or shame that someone might experience in, in talking about that. Um, but it does seem to be a more prevalent conversation topic uh, and so I, than it used to be, I think. And so I think it's mm-hmm. absolutely relevant for college students. So, um, but I mean, as a Christian ministry, uh, we're obviously not counselors, we're obviously not uh, psychologists, but, uh, but we, we do know a few things about the Bible and about ministering to college students. So, um, so bring, bring us some biblical perspective about mental health. What does the Bible have to say, if anything, on the, you know, related to the topic? I know, actually, I, um, I think it can be surprising to some people that the Bible does talk about things like anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it also just talks generally about truths about humanity and these truths can help us combat mental illness. Um, And it's important to note too, that the verses are talking about mental illness or anxiety and talking about extreme emotions because humanity, I mean, it's because we need to hear these things Mm -hmm. because even as Christians, we're not exempt from experiencing Mm -hmm. mental illness and mental um, problems. And so, um, yeah, the first one I think that, um, I really love is, um, just from Hebrews 10, 23 Mm -hmm. and just acknowledging that God gives us hope. So no matter where you are or, you know, what you're experiencing with mental health or mental illness, um, I think one of the first 
truths that are super important is just knowing that we have we can live with hope. Hmm. Do you want me to read the verse? Or... Yeah, that'd be great. That'd okay. be helpful. Okay. Um, it says, let us hold unswervingly, sorry, Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. Um, and the verses actually previous to this talk about how we can confidently approach God because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross, that he died and rose again for, for me, for you, for anyone, no matter mm-hmm. what you're experiencing um, mentally or where you're at, um, he died and rose for us all. And mm-hmm. um, and so this is important for any and all believers because we can know that he is faithful to one day come back for us and make all mm-hmm. things wrong right again. We as believers can live with hope that whatever we are experiencing, and I think the pain can run deep and real for us sure. all, um, that there is something better than what we can ever imagine waiting for us when Jesus comes back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain for what we do not see. So as we walk by faith, we are living out our hope that there is something better awaiting for us. And I think that that's just a really big truth that kind of helps me in my circumstances to take my eyes off of what's, what I'm experiencing and look for the bigger picture, mm-hmm. what we as Christians should really be um, living for. Yeah, I think that's really helpful. I mean, I think one of the things it does is it doesn't... Um you know, it, it doesn't minimize or make our pain or uh, illness any less significant, but it sort of frames it in a larger context that uh, one is in light of God's eternal plan and purposes, but then two, in light of the fact that for believers, we know it will not always be this way. We will not always live under the effects of the fall. We will not always live under the pain of mental illness, that we have a hope because of who Jesus is and what he's done. Um, that we have to keep in the perspective with mental illness, right? Is that what I'm hearing? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, Because when you're in in it, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's hard for, like, when I had my bout of anxiety and depression, it was hard for me to -hmm. know what was going on. Like, it felt confusing. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt misunderstood. I think it was hard for those around me to understand, like, why can't you get your act together? Mm -hmm. Um, what's, what's going on. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, for, for sure. Like, I think even holding onto something kind of outside of me and helping Mm -hmm. me to know that there's something better, something, yeah, outside of what I'm experiencing that's good Mm -hmm. was really helpful. Which is great because I, I think even your, your description there of your own experience is a good one that sometimes you don't know much of anything else. You don't know what's going on. You don't know why you feel the way you do. You don't know what the solutions might be. Um, in lots of cases, folks don't know where to find help. Um, mm-hmm. Other people say things that may not be helpful. But what is sure? What can we hold on to? Uh, and part of that is the hope that we have in Jesus. And so I think that's a helpful kind of anchor, um, you know, that even when everything mm-hmm. else seems... Um, up in the air that we can hang on to. So that's great. Okay, so the Bible talks about anxiety quite a bit. I mean, talks. You know, we get these examples of um, uh, what I hear is very human accounts of anxiety. Sometimes we get them through just through the ear, instruction uh, about how to address anxiety. But there's an acknowledgement of this human phenomenon of anxiety that was just as real two thousand years ago as it is today. 
Um, and even though we may not have, even though there weren't psychologists or, you know, mental health <laughs> professionals in the first century, um, mm -hmm. people knew what it meant to be anxious and they knew what it mm -hmm. meant to worry uh, and to be overwhelmed by that potentially. And so, mm -hmm. um, so, but let's talk about, I mean, imagine a student, you know, a listener, you know, someone who's listening to the podcast. Um, what are, what are some of the next steps for someone to take who may think they're struggling with mental illness? What are some of those practical next steps? Um, yes. And I think this is where it feels a little, I kind of listed a, a handful of different things because I think there can be a lot of reasons why someone has mental illness, like mm -hmm. biological. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes you're actually, your body is sick there, you know, you, mm -hmm. you need help from a doctor. Um, and so there can be a myriad, sometimes it's situational where it's a mm -hmm. situation that you're just experiencing long-term and it doesn't go away. And so yep. causes, so, um, yeah, there's a, it's, it can be really tricky, um, especially to diagnose it on your own. And so I would encourage a student to actually, if they haven't seen a medical doctor in, a, in the last year, I would mm -hmm. say, go to your doctor, explain what's going on, um, mm -hmm. how you're feeling, um, and just allow them to rule out anything that could be me just medically going on sure. that might need some intervention. Um, and then second would obviously, I think everyone's like counseling, mm -hmm. which I think can feel really overwhelming for a lot of people because it's like, where do I go? Who can mm -hmm. I trust? Um, and I think especially for Christians wrestling through, um, where's the best place where I'm going to be spiritually fed as I'm mm -hmm. walking through this. Um, and so I think as people consider counseling, a great resource is going to your pastor, like yeah. asking your pastor if they have any references or referrals, um, because if they cannot counsel you, I'm sure that they have people like a list of people who they send, um, people, you know, people to. So, yeah. Yeah. um, and I think especially with mental illness, um, it's like, even if you have just noticed patterns in your life that you're like, I don't know, this unmotivation or extreme highs and extreme lows in short periods of time, or um, just mood changes or things that just feel off to you, like just have it checked out. Mm -hmm. I think that's great advice. I, again, I think there can be a stigma associated with this. There can be, few. I think one of the things I've found in working with students is that um, so much of one's family history and family background dictates how someone feels about this. Um, and I know students that have come from families where, oh yeah, you know, my brother was in counseling for a while or my mom or my dad or somebody, and it just feels like it's not that big of a deal. Um, and then some people think, oh my goodness, that's, um, that's for other people, but that's not for me and my family. No one ever considered doing that. In my, you know, and so there's just this sort of otherness about the idea that takes a while to warm up to or can feel like a stigma. I've even heard stories where uh, students come to the point where they realize I need to see a counselor and mom and dad are saying, absolutely mm -hmm. not. Like this is, um, you're not sick. There's nothing wrong with you. You just need to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get this figured out. And so, um, so I think family can play a huge role in this. Uh, but I think those are great tips. It's like schedule an appointment with, a, with an MD, you know, or a DO, or, you know, your regular primary care physician and say, hey, here's how I've been feeling. Um, and I think that's so important because I uh, I know stories, too, of where um, some blood work has been done and someone's found, oh, actually, there's something wrong with my diet. There's something wrong, uh, you know, there's something else going on medically. Mm -hmm. um, but but the, the persistent, nagging, um, you know, 
sense of being unwell uh, can, op- you know, eventually ending up in the office of a counselor can be a really great thing. And Casey, I love mm-hmm. the, the suggestion of connecting with a pastor because the pastor is going to be able to step in and say, here's how I care for you spiritually. Here's how mm-hmm. I think about, um, help, think about helping you get well, but also bringing this before the Lord and also walking with you through it. Um, but also knowing uh, pastors are trained to know um, where uh, they're in over their head mm-hmm. and they need to bring a professional in. And so so there's the spiritual and the mental uh, health care that's happening at the same time. And I think that kind of integrative approach is really important. And so mm-hmm. um, so that's great, uh, having a, a pastor kind of quarterback some of this. And it's so true that I think, um, yeah, uh, I, I think the last thing, I suppose often this is the only option, but... Uh, in an ideal world, uh, you don't just pull up the yellow pages. Uh, you don't just Google, you don't just Google um, uh, need a counselor, um, you know. But you find uh, by word of mouth, by referral, someone who specializes in the areas that you need help. And so, yeah, and um, it's surprising to see too and hear like how many people actually have been to counseling. And mm-hmm. you know, so I even another tip would be share with a trusted friend and family. Now, if they've never experienced mental health. They may have a negative reaction, you know, who knows what their reaction will be, but if you mm-hmm. trust them, hopefully they'll listen. Um, and so that's, uh, that's kind of why I even put like, talk to a doctor or your pastor mm-hmm. to like, don't just have like, you should tell a close friend or family what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think it's also helpful to also bring in some professionals too, because the longer you wait and the longer you live with these symptoms, a lot of times the worse it can manifest itself. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times it doesn't just go away. Yeah. Um, One of the things that might be helpful to talk about, we didn't talk about uh, talking about this, but one of the things that might be helpful to talk about, um, imagine someone goes to see a counselor and they've never been before. Um, And what, what is, what, what should they expect? What, what am I walking into? You know, I'm stepping into a counselor's office for the first time. Am I going to lay down on the couch and, you know, <laughs> sort of, you, know, you have this picture of sort of a Freudian, you know, you're going to talk about your <laughs> dreams. Um, what, what, uh, what should I expect? Yep. So a lot of times counselors will have kind of like an intake where um, if you make an appointment with them, like the first appointment will just be, tell me your background. Tell me, they're just going to ask you a lot of questions because they want to get to know you as a person. They want to get to know as much of your experiences as possible. And um, yeah, so it's just a lot of getting to know you. Why did you come today? Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of times it's like, at least for me, I've been to counseling. So it's like, I I don't know, but this this is what's brought me here. I've been feeling Mm -hmm. this way or I've been having these thoughts and I've just been really, you know, confused or whatnot. So, um, but it it is not laying on the couch. It's not (laughs) this like, tell me about your dreams. I'm going to hypnotize you. You sit in a normal chair, Mm. usually across or next to the counselor. And um, it's usually in a really relaxed environment. Um, Mm. And it's kind of like just talking to a friend. They have this way about them where they just know the right questions to ask or good questions that just help to draw you out and help mm-hmm. you to understand too what's going on. Yeah, that's great. So it sounds like somebody who's going to listen well, somebody's going to ask, ask me good questions, um, help me think about, okay, where, uh, where am I stuck? Why am I stuck here? What's going on? Um, do I... And are there strategies for helping me get unstuck in some ways? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's not, of course, the only way of describing what you know what could come from that. But I, I think often it's um, 
counselors are greater at helping us figure out kind of what are you know cognitive behavioral strategies to sort of get unstuck or loose from where we're at, uh, whether it's something we're anxious about, something that we're stuck on. Uh, and so I think that's really important. Or even if it's depression, it's trying to figure out, you know, how severe is this depression? Um, and so all, all really important things that it's good to have somebody with lots of experience in the area, a trained professional help mm-hmm. you with. And so, yes. um, and this is a, you know, this might be a good point too. Uh, you know, every university in the country has a, you know, a, a health uh, clinic, a, a mental health clinic attached to it somehow. Um, uh, mental health services, psychiatric services um, attached to them. And I and I actually think, I, in my experience, Casey, I don't know what you think about this, but um, when students are struggling with general anxiety or depression or some of the things that are, um, they're, they're incredibly common among college students. I actually feel really comfortable with students kind of going and, and you know, seeing someone at one of those locations. Um, if they're dealing with things that are more closely connected to what I'd say the Christian, you know, what we'd call the Christian worldview. Um, okay. And, and of course, you can always make the argument, well, everything's connected to the Christian worldview. Um, but I would say, you know, things that are uh, anxiety, depression, um, you know, uh, maybe maybe fears that we know are irrational but can't shake, uh, these kinds of things. Um, you can't beat the experience of someone in those offices because that's what they're seeing almost every day and, and mm-hmm. we'll have good strategies for them. But if, if there are things that start to infringe upon religious beliefs, start to infringe upon, um, you know, what you think as a Christian and your Christian worldview, then it's time to hit the eject button, I think. And, um, find, you know, find a good Christian counselor, uh, that will, you know, that's not gonna, um, not gonna, you know, make your, your faith the object of attack here. So I don't, I don't know if you have any experience with that or if you've heard of students that have gone and seen, um, at OU it's, uh, CPS, uh, counseling and psychiatric Mm -hmm. services, I think. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, I mean, with a counselor is kind of like trying to find a friend sometimes you have to go through a few before you find the right fit. And so I Hmm. feel that can also be discouraging for some people, but it's, Mm -hmm. that's, part of the experience and normal as well. And I, I think that any counselor can be great at equipping people and helping, like what you said, get unstuck, give Mm -hmm. specifics of this is what could be going on. And these are some Mm -hmm. ways to help you combat what's happening. Um, especially since they see it so often they do. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I know, yeah, like those places are fully equipped and you can decide when it's time to push the eject button. Yes. <laughs> but it's also a great place to at least start mm-hmm. for sure. That, that's so. a great perspective. Yeah, this is just a starting point, kind of getting your feet wet in that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, good. Well, there's, uh, there's so much we could say about this. I think this is a great introduction and hopefully helpful for some of our listeners. And I think especially for students year after year after year, students are looking for help um, with mental health issues. And so um, people have described it as the epidemic of the college campus because it's so prevalent, it's so relevant. um, And every student, uh, whether they're struggling with mental health, they they at least know someone who is. And so so I think this is an area of importance that's only going to grow in future years. And Casey, uh, you've grateful for your seminar at the conference and grateful for taking time to be on the podcast, even just help us get oriented to the topic of mental health. So really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Thanks for having me on today. Thanks to our listeners for tuning into this episode of the 180 podcast, a production of crew in Southeast Ohio. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a like, a share, or leave an encouraging comment, and that will go a long way toward helping others hear about the podcast. The podcast isn't the only thing that we do. Whether you're a student living on campus or if you're still at home studying virtually, we'd encourage you to check us out on social media to hear more about what's going on. You can follow us on Instagram at crew at OU, or to learn more about who we are and what we do, head over to our website, crew at OU.org. We'd encourage you if you visit the site to complete our involvement form to get more connected to all the things that are happening. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next Thursday for another episode of the 180 Podcast.